How did a good white Baptist girl from the South end up leading a national organization on racial reconciliation? Stay tuned as we talk with Hannah McMahon on Good God. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. I'm pleased to welcome to our program today, Hannah McMahon, my friend and colleague, and she is the executive director of the New Baptist Covenant, uh, which is, well, I suppose housed in Washington, D.C., but is all over the country. And Hannah, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. It's great to be here and to get to have a conversation with you. Well, you're welcome. So now, New Baptist Covenant. Some people don't think there's anything new with Baptists except more fighting, right? So tell us what New Baptist Covenant is and what makes this different uh, with the word Baptist in it. Mm -hmm. Well, I have been a Baptist all my life, um, born and raised in the church with a father for a minister. So when the doors were open, we were there. Um, North Carolina. Right. North Carolina, but also in good Baptist fashion, you know, we had to hop, skip, and jump around a couple of places, so right. also Kentucky and Alabama. Okay. Um, but with that, um, kind of growing up in some of the more recent Baptist wars, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, particularly the issue for me that became resonant in that was women in ministry. Yes. Um, and as feeling a call early in my life, um, what that would mean. Uh, for my life. And so, so within that, um, coming up in, in the conflict, born mm. in kind of the controversy and the conflict yes. of what it means to be Baptist. Um, and I remember hearing about this thing that President Jimmy Carter was going to do, where he was trying to pull together all of the various Baptist groups to agree on there are many things that we don't agree on, right? but we can agree on the things that Jesus is telling us to do, right. and the mandates in Luke 4, 18 through 19. Um, and what was particularly new to me about New Baptist Covenant and really caught my eye was the intentional way that New Baptist Covenant set about to work on issues of racial justice. Yes. Where in so many churches, I really just wasn't hearing anything about racial justice, especially in our white churches. That was not a message of the gospel mm -hmm. that we would get every Sunday about how racial justice is a part of the social justice of Jesus. Um, and why do you think that's true then? You know, it still baffles me how many, I've also been to a number of youth retreats um, and heard Baptist testimonies over and over again where you will have someone stand up and tell you um, all kinds of things about, you know, sexual history and, you know, the things that they have done, the sins that they've committed and just pour out these testimonies of details of things that you would think that maybe people would keep private. But we'll do that in testimony in ways that we won't, be, uh, we won't be confessional when it comes to our sins around race. Wow. Yes. And what that means for white folks. Mm -hmm. The way that that really has trapped us. Yes. And whiteness has trapped us in knowing the full goodness of God. Wow. Um, because we can't confess. We can't come to terms um, 
with the history and culture that we come out of and are still grappling with what does that mean in this current context. Mm -hmm. I, one story that I just share wherever I can because it is so, it still captures me. Um, I got hooked on James Cone and saw his interview with Bill Moyers right. before the cross and the lynching tree came out. So James Cone, the theologian at Union Theological Seminary in New York, yes. just recently passed yes. and was perhaps the most important American-made theologian mm -hmm. in uh, our history, uh, African-American, and wrote about black theology. You won't get any argument there from me in that, right. yes. Okay. Um, but he began to talk about the role of lynching yes. uh, in the South in particular uh, and within Christianity, the way that the Christian church both supported lynching and then through African-American churches also subverted it. Um, so that led me on a journey where I went down to Mississippi because I wanted to study lynchings mm -hmm. um, and the church and racial religious violence in the church. That's all background of how I got here, um, but was working with Dr. Elizabeth Payne at the University of Mississippi, and she came across a story to me that was so, um, it just still captures me, but it was of a young African-American man, L.Q. Ivy, who was accused of the rape of a white woman. We now know that that was not possible geographically. He was not anywhere in the vicinity. That just mm -hmm. uh, he was a scapegoat, and a lynch mob came, got him, um, brutally tortured him, and burned him alive. Now that community um, was about 25 miles from where I was in Oxford, and so I would go there to see the site, yeah. um, and the people there, many of them could trace. You know, it would have been my uncle, my grandfather, who could have been a part of that group. And would talk, and some would even whisper of saying, oh yes, we know, and da 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 da. But they wouldn't specifically talk about the actual lynching. That was hush-hush. No one would actually speak what had happened, but they told ghost stories about it. Wow. So the woman... So they're haunted by the, the experience but they won't confront it. Yes, but would tell a story of the woman who struck the first match to light LQ on fire. Years later, she got caught in an electric blanket, um, couldn't get out, and was burned alive. Whoa. And what is happening there? Yes. You know, what does that say about um, the way that we deal with collective guilt? And I see pastoral care issues in mm -hmm. that. We have justice issues, deep justice issues, right. obviously, but pastoral care issues. Yes. And so that is why I think that pastors are so important in the work of racial justice. Right. And pastoral care, the kind of skills that you bring and you work with your congregations, we're dealing with issues of fear, grief, a sense of loss, shame. Yes. Um, and those are deeply rooted pastoral care issues. So it could be that New Baptist Covenant might have formed and said, we need black and white Baptist churches to come together to um, lobby Washington and state houses and pass laws to redress uh, the, our racial history. 
Uh, but we've chosen to do something else. And when I say we, I should full mm -hmm. disclosure say that I'm on the board uh, and we are so of New grateful Baptist for Covenant. It. Sure. Yes. And involved, our church uh, is actually in a partnership, a covenant partnership with Friendship West Baptist Church here in Dallas. Uh, why the choice to go about it in a church-to-church -church sort of way, mm -hmm. in terms of building these bridges, rather than making policy uh, decisions to make it more pastoral and personal and, and church-oriented? Well, there's probably more than one reason to that, but I'm going to start with Baptist polity. Okay. Um, as Baptists, we believe that power resides with the people, mm -hmm. um, not in the hierarchies. Okay. And so we were trying to find a way. In 2008, we had this wonderful big event, 15,000 people in Atlanta, historic. But the question was, how do we make this live, not just you know, at a convention hall, but in churches in our local towns? Yes. So how do we bring this vision that we have here of what the beloved community can look like mm -hmm. to our own communities? And so with that, wanting to find a way to have a more grassroots engagement mm -hmm. with the people who we were working with and working to support. Yes. Uh, and so with that and Baptist polity, power resides with people. It really does. And I think uh, as people get involved in these real relationships, uh, what we've witnessed is those who have listened and talked with each other in, uh, in our churches, there's, there's, there's a change that happens. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's transformational in terms of those relationships and you begin to see society differently. Mm -hmm. So how many covenant partnerships uh, are there now around the country as we're uh, talking about these things? Well, that's hard to tell because we always have, it's kind of like baking, um, mm -hmm. where we have some where the ingredients are starting to go in, we have yes. some that are in the oven, and we have some who are active out and working already. Right. Um, so we have about 15 who are out and active working right. already, and then a larger group of about 40 who are in process. <clears throat> Wonderful. Okay. And when we talk about what they're doing, mm -hmm. um, these covenant partnerships, just to be clear, are uh, generally speaking a black church and a white church, Baptist, mm -hmm. who are saying we both have the middle name Baptist in our churches. We both have these traditions. We've been apart for all these years for all sorts of social and emotional, political reasons and whatnot. Um, but it's time to come back together and it doesn't mean that we have to join each other's churches. Right. It does mean though that we have to work together. And so A-R-T, mm -hmm. ART, mm -hmm. uh, tell us what those three letters mean in the acronym and how that uh, sort of works itself out in these partnerships. Well, so um, the pillars that we stand on we talk about is ART action, reconciliation, and transformation. Okay. Um, and that is what we look to as we do the work because in many ways um, this is uncharted territory. Right. And we're building the road as we walk it and figuring out what it means um, to move towards justice. Yes. What does that look like? I'm not sure that that's something that we have lived in and seen yet. Uh, We're still figuring that out. So this is an interesting point to interrupt you a little bit. I, I think so often we hear the phrase racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And clearly we're <clears throat> broken. We've had uh, 
painful histories with one another, whites and blacks in this country. Uh, but the idea of reconciliation suggests that there was a time mm -hmm. when it was different. Mm -hmm. and that there was a time when we all got along, when we, yeah. were, we looked at each other and we saw sisters and brothers and full value and all of that. But in this country, at least, that is really not a truth we can claim. Uh, and so the language of racial reconciliation uh, is a little bit less significant than first racial justice, mm -hmm. I guess. And if we could, for the first time, be conciliatory, then maybe we can find reconciliation someday. Right. Uh, but I think this is part of that work, isn't it? That, uh, that we're saying we need to acknowledge that this, you can't just paper over this history. We have to be honest about it. Well, we have to be honest, too, I think, about we won't know what reconciliation actually looks like yes. until we've had justice. Nice. There it is. And so that's what we begin with. We right. begin with justice partnerships. Mm -hmm. And while it is that we're out there doing the work that Jesus has told us to do, right. um, while we're out there bringing good news to the poor, right. um, recovery of sight to the blind, declaring the year of the Lord's favor, favor, we believe that we'll meet Jesus there and Jesus will show us the way towards reconciliation. Right. Which means that when we are participating in all of that, we're going to experience some transformation, yes. both socially and personally. Huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what has happened to you because you've been involved in this work? I have been broken open, open time and time again um, to find more and more of God. Um, it is in those places where we have to rely on God um, and let go of our ego. It, there are so many times in getting to do this work that I feel like I'm sitting on the front row watching God work. Um, because I know that what has happened through New Baptist Covenant is not of my doing. Mm. Um, I like to make A's. I like to be a perfectionist. <laughs> yes. I like to get things done. Yes. But time and time again, you see the Holy Spirit breaking out. Right. Uh, and when you are at your end and something just comes along right. to take it to the next level, and we have not seen, we have not been in reconciliation. Right. But I think that God grants us glimpses. So let's talk about some of those glimpses we're beginning to see when we come back from the break. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. The New Baptist Covenant was convened by President Jimmy Carter to advance racial justice in and through the Baptist Church. In Dallas, Friendship West and Wilshire Baptist Church took up this calling and worked together to combat predatory lending. Across the nation, NBC Covenant partners bear prophetic witnesses for the cause of racial justice. Join the mission. Hannah, we were talking about glimpses of what reconciliation might look like, mm -hmm. where justice is present and where uh, these churches have had relationships and you've seen success, you've mm -hmm. seen some things happen. Can you give us some examples of what that looks like? Yes. Um, you know, one, one time where I felt like I was just really on the front edge of what God was doing and getting to see that um, was the covenant of action between First Baptist Church of Macon, Georgia, 
in First Baptist Church of Macon, Georgia. Yes. Now you know this story, <laughs> and you know too how sometimes uh, mm -hmm. in communities there is more than one First Baptist That's Church right. denying uh -huh. all math mm -hmm. principles, um, but there's a history there, yes. um, a deep and often painful history um, yes. where churches under the slave system <coughs> where both European-American and African-American enslaved mm -hmm. people were one together. Mm -hmm. uh, and then around the Civil War at various times those communities split off into different churches. Right. And oftentimes because of um, the deep wounds and pain that are involved in that history and that heritage, mm -hmm. um, we found that many of those churches do not know each other, their pastors, their leadership doesn't know each other, uh, and, and don't work together. Um, and so we can have Baptist churches on every corner who, who don't know each other and don't work in collaboration. Um, but at First Baptist Church in Macon, Georgia, and First Baptist Church of Christ in Macon, Georgia, uh, they found a way to cross that divide, even though they are just about a block apart. Um, they actually share a back lawn together, mm -hmm. don't they? I mean, they do. And, and from what I understand, the First Baptist Church of Christ, the white church, uh, built the black church behind them, if I'm not mistaken, or well, gave the land or did something Yes, like and that. that's, that's such an interesting point too, because that's something that they've been digging into and yes. talking. Right. What does it mean when you say you built the church? Ah. Because right. the uh, funds came from the European American church. Ah. But the labor came from the African American church. Well, and where did the funds come from yeah. in the white church, mm -hmm. but from the labor also on the farms and plantations and the like. So yeah, let's, let's be honest about where all the money comes from and who gets credit for that, right? Well, and even in these conversations too, um, being just saturated in a white culture, that's something I've had to learn. Yes. And continue to have to learn. Because right. I have blinders on that I, I would not have thought of that had I not put myself, had I not gone out of my comfort zone right. to be in community with people who've had a different experience and yes. who have lived in a different place in society. Yes. Um, so that even is a quick example of what the work is and can right. do. Um, but I think one of the, the most meaningful moments was um, when these churches came together um, after splitting apart in 1845 and really not having any mm -hmm. interaction, um, came together, formed a covenant of action um, on Pentecost Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to go and witness them bringing their churches together um, and signing their covenant of action and seeing um, the spirit was just palpable in yes. the room. And you could see the ways uh, that people were shifting, uh, the community was shifting. Hannah, it seems presumptuous that we have a name like New Baptist Covenant and we claim that we're going to be about the work of bringing people together who have been broken and separated because Baptists have just about perfected the art of dividing, uh, not uniting, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you, if you go back to think about our history, we pretty much taught America how to have a civil war because yes. uh, Southern 
Baptists in the South decided to break off from Baptists in the North in 1845. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And one of Baptist's greatest theologians was right there at uh, with Jefferson Davis when he was declared president of the Confederacy. And so um, this is uh, this is our history. Mm -hmm. And in 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 white Baptist denominational life, you and I are part of a group of uh, a Baptist called the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship that has broken off from Southern Baptists. Mm -hmm. And we know that there are many black Baptist denominations as well. So here we are, all these broken Baptists out there. Mm -hmm. And why should anyone believe that Baptists are going to teach the Christian community and the rest of America how to come together? It's a pretty audacious challenge for ourselves, isn't it? It is, but I think there's also something in that that um, is the blessing. Okay. Um, to me, the best way that I think about Baptist is like a rock tumbler. Hmm. Have you ever um, seen rocks when they get polished? The process is that you dump all these dirty rocks into a rock tumbler oh. with some water and it just churns and runs and the rocks knock into each other and knock the dirt off of each other. Um, and it is through that process that okay. they become polished. Wow. Um, and there are painful times mm. that we have when we knock the dirt off of each other. And there are painful times where maybe we cut too deep and we get into some of the gem and some of the stone. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there's a way that, you know, conflict is not the enemy. It's bringing the conversation. Okay. Conflict is forcing the conversation to come up to the surface. Yes. And that then is giving us the chance mm -hmm. um, to, to deal with what is real and to be authentic and address that. And so um, the divisions also force us to articulate who we are. And it's an ongoing conversation. Yes. Um, so what I think Baptists can offer um, is that we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Those divisions also mean, though, that we, we're arguing. And now we need to be honest about how we do that. And yes. there's yes. self-reflection to be done there. Right. But I also do want to lift up that one thing that's happening in that is that the conversation's there. Yes. And we have the opportunity and the chance to advance the dialogue. But if you're going to enter into a conversation, you have to listen as well as talk. Right. Right. And I think this is one of the things that I've most appreciated about being part of the New Baptist Covenant is that you, you have to sort of give up your uh, right to be the teacher, mm -hmm. uh, to, to assume that your perspective is the one that the other person really needs to hear. I think of the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, mm -hmm. you know, teach me to understand uh, rather than to be understood. Mm -hmm. And uh, these conversations require some humility on mm -hmm. all sides where we, we're really kind of helping each other see our blind spots. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. where, where are we, what are we missing because we have so structured our lives in these racialized ways mm -hmm. that we can't really fully experience the the breadth and depth and joy of life as God meant it to be. Yeah. So uh, we've both been in those conversations. Oh yes, and, and they've been painful at times, haven't they? Well, they have been, you know, yeah. because you don't want to admit how blind and stupid and 
um, and all that you have been, and uh, and sometimes you feel like you're unjustly accused mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you you like to believe that you know you're one of the good persons out there. Right. You're trying to, to to you know to to do the right thing, and you're not getting credit. You're always you know, but um, that's part of the real relationship, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just being in the game with each other and having a real relationship. Well, and part of in our in art with our art as our motto we talk mm-hmm. about that this is an art it's not a science yes I can't give you the formula right that is going to get us to the beloved community right. um, but the one thing that I do tell partners when we work together is that you know failure is not having a contentious conversation that's not failure right. sometimes we'll bring groups together and um, real, authentic, heated emotions will come out. Um, And that can feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, The failure is not coming back to the table. Okay. If that, if if those hard conversations drive you away from the table, that's failure. Mm -hmm. It's once again, it's us knocking up against each other and staying in the game. And that's how we're going to get the breakthroughs. That's how we're going to see the gems that are inside. So we have learned some things through the past few years in all of this, and there is a kind of roadmap or toolkit that we have to offer to people. Mm-hmm. So if anyone is listening in or watching this and they are part of a church that says, we've always wanted to engage in this work, but we don't know how, mm-hmm. um, they can contact New Baptist Covenant. They can- We hope they will. NewBaptistCovenant.org, yes. right? And yes. Uh, and there's uh, information about forming covenants of action, mm-hmm. and they don't have to be Baptist. That's another thing. So we are the kind of Baptist that you don't have to be Baptist to be part of the group. Um, but I think that's uh, not always understood. Mm-hmm. And so um, what would you say to people who are out there considering how they might become involved with New Baptist Covenant? Uh, what steps should they take? What expectations should they have? And what can we offer as a s- staff and community to help them in that in that way? Well, we try to offer a number of resources uh, at a number of different levels because people are coming um, from all different places. We work with people who their churches um, have been working on the path for racial justice for generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work with churches who this is a new idea for mm-hmm. them. And so on our website, we have a number of free resources that are available. So we have Bible studies. It may be that everybody you, wants Sunday school material, right? Well, yes. Wednesday nights, small groups, community yes, groups. Yes, they can and, study it. And we have youth minister Bible studies Good. too. So okay. all of you last minute youth ministers, yes. we've got some stuff out there for you. Um, but it's a way to begin the conversation in your church in small groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it lets your church first dialogue with itself. Um, We first have to do that internal work before we're ready for partnership. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we try to provide some uh, resources and tools to do that. So we have Bible studies online. Mm -hmm. We also work around some spiritual disciplines um, to help people prepare themselves to go into those hard conversations because it really is a spiritual discipline to sit in tension uh, and look for God in that tension. 
And uh, we also have worship litanies that are available. If you're mm -hmm. trying to understand how is racial justice a part of the gospel that we can infuse in our worship and the way that we speak about God, we have some examples there for you. Um, and Pentecost is a wonderful Sunday to consider it too, Yes, right? it is. Yes, yes. it is. The, when we celebrate that we all spoke in our own tongue, but we heard each other. Yes. We didn't all have to become the same That's to hear right. each other. We can celebrate the glory of God's diversity. Um, so those are some resources that I would point to uh, if you're mm -hmm. beginning to think about the work of racial justice and coming together. Right. If you're at the point um, where you do want to come together, then the next resource that I would uh, point out to you is we have a community inventory online um, where you can go on and go through this questionnaire to help you think about your community. Um, so much of this work is opening our eyes to the things that are already around us, but we've been so routinized that we don't notice. Yes. What is the street in your community that divides the different race groups in your yes. community? We need to know that, we need to name it, we need to understand what the roots are that we are mm -hmm. used to just digging into. Mm -hmm. Um, who is within a mile of your church? Right. 